0: Excited to be here, excited to have you here. Thanks for coming. I know you have a lot of plans and a lot of busyness going on, but it is a pleasure to worship with you. You know, when you think of the population of the world is about 6.9 billion people, maybe 7 billion. And close to a third of those uh, would call themselves Christian. Now, maybe the definition of their Understanding of Christian may be a little broader than yours, but, but they would identify, they would align themselves with the person of Jesus Christ. Now, any historian or social scientist would want to ask the question how did it all begin? H- how did this movement, of which a third, close to a third of the world identifies with, how did it all get started? Well, that's the point of celebrating tonight, the the idea of trying to understand the birth of Christ. You know, we've been looking, at least in these past Sundays, at the witnesses to the birth of Christ. We've wanted feet on the ground to try to understand those who were there. We looked at Joseph, we looked at the Magi, we looked at Herod, we looked at at Mary, and and we tried to understand through their sight and through their experience, trying to understand Not, as I said this morning, not discover, but recover this idea. And here now we come to the the fifth set of witnesses, and that is these shepherds. These shepherds that were just in the field. These nobodies, these kind of the lower rung of society, in the field doing their job. And an angel appears to them. As we read together from Luke chapter 2, and they said these words, Fear not, for behold I bring good news of great joy that is for all the people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We want to know what is the point of Christmas? What would you say? Would you say it would be to be with family and friends, or to share gifts, or to to keep going, established traditions? And these are fine things, but there must be more. And I think we find the more in these words of the angel, because it was more than just, more than just the times that we have. I, I think you know that. These are good things, but there must be more to establish a movement that has at this point taken a third of the globe. That the birth of Christ is nothing short of God fulfilling his promise to fix the world, to redeem those struggling in sin, and to bring order to the chaos of life. Jesus Christ is the one for whom the world has been waiting. This is why we do lessons and carols. You know, we read and, and all the folks read from Genesis 3 on. You know, Think about it. In creation, God made all things perfect. He made the man and the woman. They were, they were good. Very good, he said. They enjoyed God. God enjoyed them. There was peace. There was harmony. It was the idyllic situation. They had no needs. And yet so quickly to, you know, God said to them, you have a garden of yeses. There is one no to a garden of yeses. They want the no. They want to go their own way. They want to establish. They see God as stingy. They begin to question his goodness because he said no to them. And that then becomes what they want. And so as you heard, God moved them out of the garden, separated them from him. And this is why we have what we have, a separation from God. This is why this experience of life, we live lives of quiet desperation. This is why we have death and despair, we have disorder and we have chaos in life. Because we're separated from the very one that has given us life. But then as you read in Isaiah and as you heard, God, this growing clarity, this longing for a king to come, to deliver, this longing for someone to rescue us from this human life that we struggle through. They're longing for one to come, and finally, he comes. And he's announced by these angels in heaven. I mean, can you imagine the angels saying, fear not? Had to be an incredible scene. But here's what they say. They say these words that for unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, it happened in space and time. It was a day. Was there December twenty fifth or don't know, don't care. But it was a day that it happened. This day, in the city of David, there was a place. See, we don't follow a philosophy or some ideology. Uh, God entered space and time. He had feet on the ground. There was a footprint made that came. And and the angels tell us who he is. He's the Savior. A Savior's come and deliver us from trouble. If any of us have sinned before God, we need to be forgiven. And God, in his grace and mercy, has given us one to bring forgiveness. Jesus was appointed to lead us from darkness to light. He was appointed to bear the sin upon his own shoulders, that we might be reconciled to God, that we might be drawn out of the chaos of this world. But he's not just a savior, he's also the Christ. He's the one that God promised. He's the one we've been longing for. He is the final prophet, he's the final priest, he's the final king. There is no one else coming from heaven. He is the only one. God sent him and him alone to save. But not just the Christ, he's the Lord. He's the reigner over all things. He, is, he has lordship over all things. We see this in his ministry. We see power as he, as he delivers people from sickness. He brings back people from the dead. He gives sight to the blind. He gives hearing to the deaf. He gives speech to the mute. He has lordship over creation by calming waters. He's the Lord of all things. And so you have this angel declaring, for unto you this day a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. That is where our hope is. That's where our dream is. Charles Spurgeon wrote these words. He said, infinite and an infant, eternal and yet born of a woman, almighty and yet hanging on a woman's breast, supporting a universe and yet needing to be carried in a mother's arms, King of angels, and yet the reputed son of Joseph. Heir of all things, and yet the carpenter's despised son. He has come to be like us and to save us. And, And what do you see happen when the angel announces it? You see quickly it says, With the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Can you imagine that scene? A host of heaven. Literally, in Greek, it's an army of angels filling the sky. I mean, can you imagine? What angel wouldn't be there? You know, if you read back in the Old Testament, you see that the stars rejoiced at creation, and the angels sang. What do you think would happen at recreation? When Christ himself was born. And what did they say? Glory to God in the highest. Because in Christ, God will be fully glorified. In your life, in this creation, we glorify him now. That's why we love God's glory. It's the mission of this church, to love his glory. He's come that he would be glorified in us and we would wrap our joy up in him. But not just glory being given to God, there's peace given to us, peace among men. So Jesus Christ's coming has come to reconcile us to God. That's the message of Christmas, that he's come to bring peace, By being peace. He's the prince of peace. He hasn't just established it. He will achieve it. Through his own death and resurrection. He reconciles us to the father. That's what we sang and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It says peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Through Christ. See through Christ God is both just. In that sins are punished. But he's also the justifier. For those who have faith in Christ, whom God is pleased with. So we have peace with God, but there's more peace. There's peace with one another. That we are to be able to walk in a peace through the power of the Spirit. Now listen, you get together at Christmas, and oftentimes the awkwardness and relationships, unresolved conflicts come up. And that's part of every family. Let me encourage you that if you struggle in that way, and you're a Christian here, just sit back and be amazed at all the sins God has forgiven For you, Just be overwhelmed at how much he has forgiven in your life and let that be fuel that you might move in love to those that you might have conflict with. So he's established peace between God and man and between men and men and men and women. But there's also peace with ourselves. That in Christ we have our guilt removed, our burdens lifted. He has come to deliver us from anxiety and guilt and shame. That we now know, because of Christ, we have been accepted fully in God. You don't have to fear and play that game, he loves me, he loves me not. In Christ, he will always love you, and he will love you fully. For those with whom he's pleased. Those are in Christ, because he said to his son, my son in whom I'm well pleased. And all those with faith in the son, he is also pleased with. So this is a sweet night to look back, look back at what he's done, but as Holly read in Revelation, it's also to look forward to what we will have. That is where hope is established in the promise of God. He's kept his promise by sending Christ to suffer for sins. You know he'll keep his promise for sending Christ again to redeem us from all of our sins. So if you're here today and you're burdened by your past, you're tired of pursuing these vain attempts at happiness, that you're tired of the chaos of your life, I would ask you to consider Christ. He said that I've come, that you might have life and life to the full, that he straightens out the crooked ways of our life. Consider him. If you're with family, ask another person who is a Christian in the family to explain the hope that they have in the gospel. And if you're here today and you're you're sad, you're mourning, perhaps you've lost someone this year, Perhaps you're struggling just with life. You know, many of us have, life is very complicated. We have problems that are very thorny. I would ask you to consider Christ, to appeal to him, to reach out in trust, asking him to deliver you, uh, to bring about hope, restoration in relationships, strength to your body, sharpness to your mind. Appeal to him for grace. He says you have not because you ask not. So Ask. And then for those who are happy here, you're excited, you have family, you have a, a good meal planned, you have a lot of wonderful fellowship ahead, may I ask you to consider deeply that these are the very gifts of God that he has given to you, that you will see him as good and beautiful. That, that you would look at these as, as a shadow of the substance of the joy that you will have when you see him face to face because of all that Christ has done. The Christian here has so much to hope for and long for. Let's consider all that he has given to us and rejoice in him for it. These are just a sampling of all that he has. So I pray that your night will be sweet. I pray that your conversations will be filled with the grace of God as you consider all that you have, because everything you have that you see and you'll taste and you'll enjoy, all those things are in a way very temporal. But what we have in Christ, bringing us to God, is permanent, it's certain, it's sure, it's eternal, and it's glorious. So I pray that your night will be filled with the knowledge of Christ. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your grace to us this evening as we have recounted your faithfulness over the pages of Scripture. You have made promises to a people who were ungodly and broken and far from you. You have redeemed us, restored us. Father, complete our joy as we think about all that we have in Christ. And Father, for those that are here tonight and they are struggling, God, would you comfort them as you are the God of all comfort? Would you assure them of your love and your faithfulness and your ability? to sustain and strengthen and persevere. And for those who are even questioning you, perhaps they're doubting in faith, perhaps they, they feel they have no faith, Father. Reveal to them your glory in Christ. Bring conversations to them that will lead them away from the meaninglessness and purposelessness of this life to something of substance and solid. Christ, him dead and raised to life and now seated at the right hand of God, far above rule, authority, power, and dominion for the church for whom he will come back and take to be his bride. So, Father, bring all these things to bear on the hearts of these people, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.